Numbers chapter 13, and we're just going to keep moving in a, um, I don't know if we're calling it series, but we started out with Ahithophel, and then we got Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, so I figured, ah, let's look for a C name tonight, and uh, just move through the alphabet. We're not going to get everybody for sure, but some of the lesser um, men that we don't talk a lot about in the Bible, and we'll get some ladies in there too, I'm sure, as we go through, but uh, just, just to give you a little history and a little application uh, from their lives, and we have tonight, we're going to talk about Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Caleb was an unusual man in the Bible, uh, you look up in the word in the word in the name books in the dictionaries, and they say the word Caleb means dog. Uh, but you look at it a little bit further, and it really doesn't mean dog. Uh, in in the case of that was a derogatory term, especially in the Jewish mind, a dog was an unclean animal. It, it would be more applied in modern day as a pit bull. That's somebody who grabs on and doesn't let go until it is done. It is somebody who is ferocious in in character. It's somebody that um, just really, he's not going to quit until the job's done. And that describes the character of Caleb. I mean, Caleb was one of those unusual characters, and I still haven't quite figured out why, but they try to, uh, the commentaries and things try to make Caleb as a... um, Edomite or a Gentile that joined the tribe of Judah. And I have a real problem with that because in our we're introduced to Caleb, Numbers chapter 13. And uh, let's just start reading in verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. And these were their names of the tribe of Reuben, of the tribe of Simeon. Now we get to verse 6. Here's our man of the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. Now we have Caleb as a ruler of the tribe of Israel, of the tribe of Judah. This was the tribe uh, from which the Lord would come. Uh, King David came from the tribe of Judah. And one of the reasons why the uh, genealogy may not be just all 100% perfect is there's so much emphasis in the tribe of Judah on David and his family and his descendants. Caleb was one of those cousins. He was removed several times, and so it was just like, Okay, let's talk about David, and they kind of ignore Caleb, though he is listed in the genealogy, and we won't go there tonight. But he was a ruler, he was a leader in the tribe of Judah. Moses picked him and said, when we go search out the land of Canaan, I want you to represent the tribe of Judah. So that tells us just a little bit about Caleb, that he was... One of these men, you go back uh, right in our Bible story as we're going through in Sunday school, 
Uh, we just got through Exodus chapter 17, Exodus chapter 18. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this because you can't draw a picture too much of it, and we've been having problems finding pictures. But anyway, Moses' father-in-law is going to come back and bring his wife and children back to Moses, and he's going to watch what's going on as Moses tells him the story of how God delivered them. And Moses is going to sit there from morning till night, judging the children of Israel, solving all their problems. And his father-in-law says, listen, if you're the only guy that can solve everybody's problems, you're going to waste away, and so is this people. He says, you need to divide these people up, set them up into groups of a thousand, a hundred, and, and down to groups of tens, fifties and tens, and you set men who can be in charge of those groups. How did Caleb get to be a leader among the children of Judah? When Moses divided them up, guess who was one of the guys that came out on top? One of the leaders of the thousands in the tribe of Judah. It would have had to have been Caleb. That's why he was a leader. And Moses would have simply gone to his list of leaders and that's where he would have picked the men. He would have picked the leaders of the leaders. And here we find Caleb, son of Jephunneh. He wasn't just sitting around doing nothing, my friend. He was involved in leading and helping his people, his tribe, understand the word of God. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been chosen. And so he was picked, how many, remember the story? Twelve men went to spy on Canaan. What is it? Ten were bad and two were good. Caleb was one of the good ones. He was one of the ones who refused to bow under, to be scared by the giants. Now, I like Caleb, don't you? I mean, this was a man who was a leader. When they came, we, we look here in uh, chapter 13. They go through the land, and they came to Moses in verse 26, and they told him, We came unto the land, whether thou sentest us. Surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. They had been to the land of Eshkel, where the tribe of Dan would later settle, they had taken one cluster of grapes off the vine. They had to take a pole and put it on the shoulders of two men to bring one cluster of grapes in from the land of Israel. You say, now wait a minute. I mean, when we go to the fruit market, you pick up the cluster of grapes. Could you imagine a 50-pound cluster of of grapes. That would be a fruitful land, would it not? That that grapevine could develop and grow and produce. And the land of Israel today, I remember an evangelist came to Cleveland and, and he was doing some different things. He said, farmers, how many hay cuttings do you get? You know, and, and uh, he said, in America, he said, Really productive land, well fertilized, will give you three cuttings of hay in one season. He said, in Israel, they're getting 11. They're going, whoa! And they are able to produce citrus crops. I mean, 
The citrus from Israel is some of the best in the world. It's an un- God wasn't kidding when he called this land a land that is flowing with milk and honey. It is very productive even to this day. They tell us if we could take the value of the Dead Sea and we could write a check to every American citizen, and I can't remember the exact number, but it was several thousand dollars. Now, that would be an economic stimulus package, wouldn't it? Don't tell Obama. It belongs to Israel. He's not going to get it. Amen? But the, the mineral value alone in that area is, is almost incalculable. That's the land that God gave them. Now, what, what, what happened? They said, look at this, verse 28, Nevertheless, the people... Be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. Moreover, we saw the sons of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land to the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Now here's our man. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Now, I like Caleb. That's why we call him the pit bull. I mean, he just got a hold of that, and he said, God is going to give us this land. And he said, you can talk about the giants all day long, but I'm ready to go. And what happened? The other ten men brought an evil report. And they said, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. And it's interesting of the words here. Look at verse 33. It says, and we saw there the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Now, do you get that? They said, we looked at those giants and we felt like little grasshoppers. And that's exactly what they thought about us. Now, do you think any of these cowards had enough gall to walk up to one of those giants and say, what do you think about me? And he looked down, he said, I think you're a grasshopper. Now, do you think that really happened? Absolutely not. We have a word for this. We call them liars. See, people are all the time trying to transpose what they think on to other people. You ever done that? I didn't like them and they didn't like me. Well, did you ask them? No, I didn't need to. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe you're pulling one of the ten spies tricks here. Maybe they just thought you were being arrogant and didn't want to be their friend. How do you know? Don't. Write on other people's hearts what's in your own. You always get in trouble that way. Now, Caleb, he said, you know, I just don't feel like taking an opinion poll to find out what the giants think about the Israelites. God told us to go conquer the land, and we're going to conquer it. This is one of the things about Caleb that we need to learn. He was a man of faith. He said, God said it. God's going to do it. God's parted the Red Sea. He's going to see us in here. And we get down to the middle of chapter 14 here. 
And we have Caleb and Joshua in verse 6. Um, they, uh, they refused to, to bow under, to be, become part of the group and, and warn them not to rebel against the Lord. Verse 10, the answer was, But all the congregation bade stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. Now, you've got to get the picture here. You have about 3 million people. General counsel. Everybody's there. These 12 men are giving their report. And everyone is listening. And the 10 start bad-mouthing the land that God has given them and said, we're just like grasshoppers and that's what they think and we can't go up. We're going to be destroyed. They're going to kill us all and our children are going to become slaves. And, and Joshua and Caleb, they rend their clothes as a sign of mourning and go among the people and begin screaming at the top of their lungs, it's a good land and God wants to give it to us and God can. And pretty soon the murmuring started. We'll make us a new captain. Let's get rid of this Moses and Aaron, and we're going to get rid of Joshua and Caleb, and we're going to go back to Egypt and volunteer for slavery again. They'll take us back. And while all this was going on, they said, let's kill these two guys that are causing all the trouble. That'd be pretty scary, wouldn't it? And just as things seemed like it was going to be over, Caleb was putting his life on the line. He wasn't backing down. And at that moment, the glory of God appears over the tabernacle and everything gets quiet. And God pronounces his judgment upon the children of Israel. He said, every one of you doubters is going to die in the wilderness. One year for every day. Could you imagine being derailed for 40 years? They went around in circles for 40 years until every one of those 600,000 men, actually 500,000, what is it? No, 599,998 of them. There were only two that survived. Do the math. It's about 40 funerals a day for 40 years. Something like that. Every day they went through the wandering in the wilderness, they had to bury people who died. They were upset. But God said, let's go down here to to verse uh, 38, verse 37, Even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by plague before the Lord. They died immediately. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still. And they said, and there are several times, God reiterated to his people, 
Everyone's going to die except these two. Now let's skip to Joshua chapter 14. Moses has died. Joshua has led the children of Israel into the land of Canaan. There have been many wars in Joshua chapter 14. We come down to verse 6. And the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kezanite said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereupon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he has said these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake the word, unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. I'm just 85. And yet, I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. And my strength was then, even so is my strength now, for war both to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain, Whereof the Lord spake in that day, for thou heardest in the day how that the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him, and gave unto Caleb the son of Jephonath, Hebron, for an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jephonath, and the Kenzanite, unto this day, because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And we come over to chapter 15, and he drove out in verse 13, and Caleb the son of Jephonath, he gave part among the children of Israel, according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, even the city of Arba, the father of Anak, which is this, which city is Hebron. And Caleb drove thence three sons of Anak, and it gives their names there, and they went up thence to the inhabitants of Debur, and the, name, and the name of Deber there before was called Kerjath Sefer. And we go on, and Caleb uh, takes that city, and we are introduced briefly in, chapter, in verse 17 to Othniel, his nephew, the son of Kenaz, his younger brother. We're going to hear from this man again as he conquered this city. He will be the first of the men that God calls to be a judge and a deliverer after the children of Israel turn their back on God. It is Caleb's nephew whom God calls to be the first judge. He was a man that refused to quit. Amen? Eighty-five years old, he wanted the place where the giants lived. Now, if you're curious about the giants, study the story of Goliath. He was one of the descendants of the giants. It was a couple hundred years later. But how would you like to have a city full of Goliaths? That'd be a pretty scary thing, wouldn't it? 
And how'd you like to walk the streets and everybody's nine and a half foot tall? That'd be a pretty scary thing, wouldn't it? And yet, Caleb drove them out. You say, you believe there's a whole city of nine foot tall people? Well, it says that the sons of Anak were there. They were of the giants. There's certainly ample proof that nine foot people exist, eight foot people exist. I mean, there's even a, I guess the tallest guy today is what, eight foot one or something like that? Uh, and, uh, but could you imagine all the Caleb at 85 years old goes in and drives them out? He said, God made a promise and God's going to use me and I'm not letting go until the job is done. I like Caleb. There's some things that we could imitate from the life of Caleb. Amen. And his nephew apparently was influenced that when the children of Israel turned their back on God and began sinning, that God was able to touch the life of Othniel and he stood up and he delivered the children of Israel, out of the hand of the king of Mesopotamia. Read that in Judges chapter 3. We're going to finish up very quickly here. And the last part that we're going to cover is down, we're going to move forward about 400 years from this point down to the time of King David. And you know what they called this area? In 1 Samuel chapter 30, it talked about the uh, Amalekites making the Invasion and they burned Ziklag with fire and took David's wives and, and uh, the families of the mighty men captive. And what did they call that area south in the land of Judah? They called it, I'll read it to you. We made an invasion upon the south of the Cherethites and upon the coast which belongeth to Judah and upon the south of Caleb. They called that area by Caleb's name 400 years later. The testimony of Caleb was still alive and well. Now, did Caleb get a testimony because he was seeking for one? You know, with our last, uh, not the president that just resigned, but the one before him, there was an awful lot of talk with Bill Clinton and his legacy. In fact, he wrote a whole book about it called My Lies. I'm sorry, my life. I'm sorry, excuse me, that slipped. Uh, No, it didn't. But... uh, He wrote a whole book about his legacy called My Lies, if you pronounce it right. No, (laughs) it was called My Life. But by Bill Clinton, it couldn't be My Life. It'd have to be about all of his lies. That's his legacy, is it not? You go out seeking people to look up to you, to recognize you, to be some great person. Let me tell you where you're going to end up. And end up like Bill Clinton. You don't become great by trying to be great. You become great by serving the Lord in a great way. Amen. That's what Caleb did. All he did was follow the Lord. The Lord said, take this land. He said, God's going to give it to us. I'm not quitting until I get a chunk. And by the way, I want the place where the giants live. You guys robbed me of my opportunity 40 years ago, but I'm going to get it, and God gave it to him. Amen? Now, could you imagine those giants? 
They're standing there, and all of a sudden, this group of people come in and start attacking. And then the leaders, this white-haired old man that's 85 years old. I'll bet they started laughing, don't you? We're going to take care of this crew, ha, ha, until half of them were dead. And then the rest of them ran away, and, I mean, they got chased down. They got decimated, all the things that happened in battle. All the bad things happened to the other guys, not to Caleb. He wouldn't quit. And so, if you want to, you can call him God's pit bull if you want. Uh, the word Caleb is referring to dogs. And the idea here is not that he was a dog and he was a lower type of person. It was, this guy ain't letting go. This guy is going to keep at it until the job gets done. And there's, there's some things that we can learn from Caleb. Number one, be busy about what God has you to do. When Moses divided up the children of Israel into groups, he was picking people who were willing to teach them the word of God, who had an understanding of what was going on. And though Caleb is not mentioned by name there, he was one of the leaders of the children of Judah. That's why he was chosen at this point. And we... Um, we look at, at when Moses was looking for people to espy the land, he was picking one person from each tribe. And Moses was not a dumb man. He was a man of exceptional intelligence and ability. He was looking for the best people he could find to do the job. Guess who rose to the top? Caleb. When the other ten men began to say, we can't do this and God's not with us and it's, Caleb said, hey, I'm not backing down. This is what God has sent us to do. Forty years later, Caleb goes, I'm 85 years old. It's my turn now. And God gave it to him. Amen. After Caleb was probably dead and gone, the children of Israel began looking different direction in the book of Judges, began doing that which was right in their own eyes. God was looking for a man to raise up to deliver the children of Israel. And there was a fellow named Othniel who said, you know, my uncle Caleb, he just served God. Maybe God will use me the same way. That's the way we ought to be. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We ask you to prepare our hearts for the time prayer. Lord, we ask that you would help us to emulate these things here of Caleb. And Lord, just not to give up, not to give up until you call us home. In your name we pray. Amen. Just take.